Blog Talk Radio. Well, folks, I hope you are rocking and rolling. I know that I am. And there is some wild stuff that is happening. And one of them was I just was on the air, and then I got disconnected. And it's like when stuff like that happens, you say, love and technology. So you have to forgive. <laughs> you got to forgive me for that. That's just the crazy stuff. Hey, it's Monday. We're here on Real Mentors Radio. Hope you guys are having a wonderful start to your week. And usually that will mean that you had a phenomenal Saturday and Sunday. Did you ever, yeah, everybody look forward to the weekends. You know, it, it's funny because as I've been reading John's book, I realized that John didn't have many weekends there for a while. It was like work your day job, then kick it up on the weekends, go out and do all of this speaking and stuff. And it's like, wow, how many people, think about this, how many people would have stuck it out? See, in network marketing, what we hear is you got to have your plan B. So you quit your day job and you go for it. And I've seen so many people financially seem to fail at network marketing because they quit too soon their real job, or worse yet, they quit too soon on their dream job. Now, it happens in both directions, and we can't do that. That's why I love John's book. Today we're in Chapter 4, failing, what is it? Falling in Like with the Job You Don't Love. Falling in Like with the job you don't love. Now think about this for a minute. You're, you're probably, you're somewhere, the majority of people that we talk that are here are on this radio show are in network marketing. Now we have a boatload of people that listen to the Home Business Radio Network, that listens to Beachside CEO, that are in franchises and, and other deals. But in this show here, I want to focus this in on the network marketing side of things because this is where I've, I've invested the majority of my career, 15 years with Primerica, then I moved over to World Marketing Alliance until Hubert sold the company. Then I went into corporate for about four or five years, working at a corporate level, supporting network marketing companies and distributors worldwide. We had a, a company that I helped to run called ProStep, which was the world's largest uh, support training and lead generation company. And during this time, I've had success at every level. I've had success from making five figures a week to making five figures a quarter just in my bonuses. So I understand all the ramifications of network marketing. And the one thing that has always rung true is that most people hate their day job so much that as soon as they just have a taste of success, they quit. I, I kind of use the analogy, it's like the first drop of water after you've been going through the desert for 24 hours. All of a sudden, you just want to fill your gut up, and you don't think about the ramifications, the cramps, the, the torment that you can do to your body if you drink too fast. That's how this is. And, and it's funny because John writes something in here. He says, I've always obsessed about quitting my job. He said, then something happened really weird in 2008. People started encouraging me to quit. Not because I had a bad attitude or they were sick of my performance. 
People were urging me to quit my job because I started to dream. You started to dream. He said the relationship between a day job and dream jobs is so misunderstood in our culture that we think success at one means instant death to the other. So when I signed a book contract in 2008 and saw my my blog start blowing up, people came out of the woodwork and asked, when are you going to quit your job? See, I've seen that happen with Paige over and over and over. People said that. I saw people... Not so much with me as as with her, because her ability to write is second to none in my book. And yet people see that. Here's what I hear from people today. Hey, Troy, when are you going to start building an organization again? You surely can't be making much money doing what you do. And I, and I, I just snicker and say, you know, I love what I do, and it pays the bills, and there's a roof over our head. You know, but I understand where he's coming from. And And listen to this. John says, in a culture of quitters... We assume dumping the day job is the first step when the dream starts to stick. Have a dream and a small bit of success so you quit your job. Negatory, Ghost Rider. That isn't what you do. See, Art Williams, who I think is one of the greatest business minds in history, always taught us, you do not quit your day job until you have at least six months in emergency funds stashed away, and your current residual income is matched at $10,000 a month. And it's been that way for six to nine months. I have carried that into every aspect of direct selling. The funny thing is, John's boss, Dave Ramsey, preaches that consistently. Man, you've got to have an emergency fund, you've got to get your debt paid off, you got to put investments in. you got to live like no one else is living today so that you can live like no one else lives tomorrow. That's my paraphrase of, of the Ramsey Creed. And that's what John's talking about here. See, this is what people just don't get. There is no plan B. Now, I know there's a bunch of stuff written, and I know that freaks people out, but you only have one plan. That's the plan that God created for your life. How you get there is going to change directions A, B, C, D, freaking million times. That's okay. But you've got to know where you're going, and you don't quit your day job prematurely. Think about that for a minute. Have you ever done anything prematurely in your life and it's worked? I mean, just the word premature should tell us something. Let's get back to John's book here. He says, I'm going to fulfill the great American dream. I'm going to quit my job. I, I read that over and over. I was sitting drinking a cup of coffee this morning. I thought, man, he's on to something here. The American dream has stopped being work 20 years, get the gold watch, work your way up into management, move from blue collar to white collar, become a business owner, Build a house, own a house, none of that. It doesn't work that way anymore. Now the American dream is to quit. Generation X is where it really started. We started seeing three, four, five, six jobs. Then all of a sudden, by the time the millennials rolled around, eight, nine, ten, twelve jobs. Part of it's not their fault. I, I, I got to admit, you know, you ever everything's included. But when you when you think about it, if we have become a culture of quitters. Why would a company worry about long-term benefits anymore? 
Hmm, something to think about there. He says, part of the reason people encouraged me to quit is they assumed my dream was more lucrative than it was. Many people assume authors are paid a tremendous amount of money when they publish their book. I'm going to give an inside secret away that John writes in this book. It's a frustration that most authors have. My wife has it. You know, it, it's it's come to a point, John talked about this earlier in the book, it's come to a point where you can actually make more money self-publishing than you can with a publishing house anymore. And for years, the publishing houses made it act like you're vain if you wanted to be self-published. But here's the truth. Listen to this. The truth is I got 30000 advance on my first book. After taxes, my literary agent's fee, and 10% tithe, I got about $13,000. But right, John, but what about the royalties? Well, here's the, here's the phenomenal. The reality is 95% of authors never seem a dime in royalties. You have to sell back your entire advance before you earn a dollar in your royalties. The first sales report I got from my publisher did not include a check. It was a statement that said I was 15000 in the hole. I got a piece of paper that literally said my books had earned a negative fifteen grand. My wife and I have been blessed because her writing always pays out. I mean, she always earns back her advance and makes royalties. She has never once not made a royalty check. Her books will... will Breakout, she's written like 33, 34, something like that, bestsellers, the seller. It's interesting to watch what John writes because it's so true. In those early years, she always made royalties, but it was littler than what she makes in royalties today because now her books sell more. It's fun to see, and, and I'm segueing for a minute, but it's fun to see that my wife has always been in the top 1% to 5% in this business. See, 80% of the people never get a contract signed on the first time out. She got her book signed. She found an off, a, a publishing house that loved her writing, and it's been going ever since. She found a fan base that adores what she writes, and it's been going ever since. Here is the funny thing. My wife has never quit doing what she does on a regular basis. As a mom, as a home-based businesswoman, as a teacher, as my wife, as a mentor, as a motivator, as a, as a coach. She's been in the catering business with her family since she was knee-high to a grasshopper. Writing never changed Paige's life at all. And that's kind of where John is going with this. You don't quit just because, no matter what your dream is, until the right time comes along. And he's going to give even a deeper understanding of this in a second that I thought was great. Because as he's written already, he's living his dream job now. But as we go into this, you're going to see something interesting. He said, the real reason that I stayed at Auto Traders is that if I had quit my job too soon, I would have killed my dream job. This is where I, I sat here and I listened and I read and I thought, man, this is what I see in network marketing. A guy comes in, he gets into a company, something really takes off, a few people say yes, he hits some bonuses, he makes five, $6,000 in his first 30 days, he thinks, I can do this. 24-7, 365, puts in his two-week notice, and he quits. But he hasn't learned everything about what he's doing. He talked to the three, four, five people he knew. They loved the product. A couple of them got on board. They had a little bit of success. They're more product-oriented than building a network. And then all of a sudden, he doesn't have anybody to talk to. Then he starts panicking. Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? I quit my job, I screwed myself, my family's going to go nuts, I'm going to lose my house, 
And then he starts begging people for a sale, and that doesn't work. Listens to everything on the Internet. Oh, my gosh, got to go out there and do the social media thing. If, if I don't, I'm going to go crazy. I'm going to lose. i got to go get it. Buy another $5,000 worth of stuff. It doesn't work. And next thing you know, he's back begging for the day job, and the dream job failed him. This isn't one scenario, folks. I have seen this over and over and over and over and over. One of the reasons that, that direct selling has so many women versus men is because women never quit their day job. Women don't go out of their way to change anything. They want to add to it. If you look at the successful women as much as I have, being a, a consultant and a, and a reporter and a blogger in this community, here's what you learn. They were product-driven. They found a product that helped them lose weight, look pretty, look firmer, look tighter, look younger, feel more energetic, whatever the case is. Gave them community, and they were buying the product. After a while, they realized that their friends and family saw a difference and said, man, you're looking good. Man, you're looking better. Man, you've got more energy. Man, you're being positive. They said, yeah, here's what I'm doing. They said, oh, we want to try that. And a year, two years, three years, four years down the road, they realized, hey, we're making some pretty good money doing this thing part-time. They start focusing a little more. They start replacing their husband's income. The husband says, well, man, now that you've replaced my income, how can I help more? What can I do? Is there something... And the next thing you know, the husband's staying at home, the wife's doing some more stuff, kids are excited and happy, got both parents, parents are happy, they're spending quality time together, et cetera, et cetera. Women don't quit their day job, and not all women go to be full-time. They just keep plugging away, doing what they're doing, pay off the debt, put money away in the bank, husband retires, and they literally have a millionaire's lifestyle because they have a million dollars plus in the bank. John used a, a phrase that I thought, man, this is pretty good. This is what I see so many women in network marketing do. They incu incubate their dream. They take their time with their dream. They don't just try to all of a sudden have a dream, wake up, and make it happen. See, network marketing seems to be the only daggum career that I know a person can get into, and all of a sudden, all the realism in the world goes out the window. All of a sudden, they just start freaking living in a positively fantasy land. We call it the law of attraction, positive thinking, yeah, but never, never, never mention anything that would be reality. We don't even use that word reality in network marketing. We use negative. Don't be negative. And what happens? People quit. People wonder why the attrition rate's so high. Listen to what John wrote. He said, how long does it take for your dream to become a full-time job and sustain you? I'm going to give you the answer. Longer than you want it to. See, it will take longer than you want it to, but it will be worth it. See, when I, when I, what I find humorous sometimes within network marketing is that I'll, I'll see a critic's blog. And, I, and I'm using the word critic here out of, out of, if you look at the definition, it probably wouldn't work. But I'm looking at the critic's blogs, and what they say is, Network marketing sucks. Network marketing is a pyramid. Network Ponzi the Ponzi. Nobody wins. And you and you look at this negative community, and everything in the community is how it doesn't work. Now, most network marketers get mad. The 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 your upline tells you don't read those blogs, don't listen to anything they're saying. They're they're a bunch of dull, negative, disillusioned crybabies. I, I've said that, so I, I can say this. But then what happens is you start reading through there and you think, man, I, I, I know what that guy is thinking. I, I, I feel the same way. I know. I, yep. Oh, yep. I can relate. Da, da, da. 
But then you go over and you look at your Upline's blog. Life is great. Life is good. John Maxwell says this. Orrin Woodward says this. Jim Rohn says this. Zig Ziglar says this. It's all positive. You got negative on one side, positive on the other. Your dream's not being incubated at all. Okay, it just isn't happening. It just doesn't work. Okay, it's crazy. I got a baby looking at me in a window. Here, here's what happens. I love our, I love our studio here. But yeah, here's what happens. Listen to this, because here's what we see. Reality is in the middle, and that's what John's talking about. See, one time frame is always shorter and faster than what a dream has in mind. And if we rush to it, if we don't give it time to incubate, we usually end up killing it before it even has a chance to breathe. Everything's not negative. Everything's not positive. It's in the middle. It's just like pot of politics. It's never going to be as bad as they say. It's never going to be as good as they say, but it is going to be somewhere in the middle. But you've got to take time to do it right. You've got to look at what your dream is. You've got to get the people that are in your family involved. They've got to be part of it. Otherwise, it doesn't work. John, in 2008, his book, Stuff Christians Like, was going through the roof. His blog, StuffChristiansLike.net, was exploding like crazy. The Ramsey organization asked him to come in and do a talk. He went in there to about 300 people. He was nervous. They'd recently had a big, big famous musician in there. He got done speaking. There was a standing ovation. Dave gets up and said, man, that famous musician didn't get a standing ovation. A member of the web team chased him down in the parking lot and said, John, what would you think about doing work here? We've got web copywriting position open. I think you might be perfect. He called his wife on the way home and said, honey, I think we're going to be moving to Nashville soon. We both called our parents to share the exciting news. This was it. Finally, my dream of not working a day job was coming to fruition. I could quit. Auto traders. Guess what? John didn't take that job. Matter of fact, John was offered two or three jobs over the next two years, and he never took them. It was interesting. He spoke three different times. And it was in the summer of 2010 when Dave Ramsey personally approached him that he accepted his dream job. Do you realize if John would have accepted the first job as a copywriter working on the web team, he would not have his dream job, which is speaking and writing and being a message bearer with a brand new message for the Dave Ramsey organization. I challenge you to go back in my archives here on realmentorsradio.com if you don't want to go buy Dave's book. But we did Dave's book, Entre Leadership, one of the greatest leadership and business books I think ever written. In my opinion, Dave Ramsey runs his organization like a tight-fit network marketing organization, even though it's not. Because he makes every one of his team members feel like they're owners, and he pays them that way, and he gets skin in the game. And he loves on them, and they, and they reward them, and they recognize, and he's connected. And listen to me. If you think I am stoked about Dave Ramsey and his organization, you're 100% right. And you may say, well, Troy, that's easy for you to do because, you know, you, you hang out with these guys at Catalyst. And, and here's why. Let me tell you why I love Dave Ramsey. First of all, because I haven't followed his advice most of the time and ended up bankrupt twice. So I finally realized that his way works and my way sucks. 
But here's why I really am passionate, and this is why I can see where John wanted to go to work with Dave. Is because when I'm hanging out at Catalyst, and I'm there before anybody else gets there, I'm one of the last ones to leave when everybody else is gone. We serve 15,000 people. It is hard. It is tight. It, you bust your butt. But I've gotten to see the crew that Dave has working for him. A lot of them are interns from colleges. And, and they're the ones that are the grassroots, ground level, busting their butt. Dave Ramsey's not turning a screwdriver, setting up his display, setting up his tent. He's got a team that does that. And you want to know something? All they can do is talk about how they love working for the organization, even as interns, and that they hope one of these days they can get a job either working with him or for an organization like his. When I see Dave Ramsey, who, who takes a lot of his, 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 well, just the way he looks comes from me. You notice the, the, the bald head, the, the cool look that he has. You know, the, He's got a little Fu Manchu, but mine's a mustache. But you know, he, he likes me a lot, I think. He, he tries to model me. But I'm sitting around there, and I'm in the green room. I'm in the hallways. Dave couldn't pick me out of a crowd if his life depended on it. So I just kind of blend in. It's part of that Marine Corps background. And I get to hear what's being said. And you want to know something? This man walks his walk. He is the same kind of guy behind the curtain as he is in front of the curtain. He's the same kind of guy in private as he is in public. That's why John Acuff wanted to go to work for him. I can tell you that right now. But he didn't quit his day job too soon. He kept busting his butt. He kept working hard. He kept doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it. See, if you're going to quit your day job, there's some questions that John puts in here that you better ask yourself. You better be downright, straight up honest with yourself. You may lie to the world, but you better not lie to yourself when it comes to these questions because if you do, you will fail. 100% of the time, listen to this, number one, I'll be able to eat this week because I went to work. If you quit your job, can you say that? If I quit my job, I'll still be able to eat and feed my family this week. If I quit my job, will I be able to sleep out of the rain this week? Because if I'm working, I know I can sleep out of the rain this week. I'll get to wear shoes today because I have a job. If I quit my job, will I still have a pair of shoes a week, two weeks from now? If I break my pelvis, I have the insurance to pay for it. Well, that one may not be true no matter what you do. Matter of fact, if you don't have insurance, you may be better off because the hospital's got to take you under an emergency care. I will not have to cancel my own routes, or I will not have to canal my own route jobs because I work. In other words, you can go to the dentist because you've got a little bit of money. Because you got more money coming in because you're working. I'll be able to support a nonprofit organization if I work. That's fulfilling that purpose in life. See, when you sit down here and you look at this and you're honest with yourself, if you quit your day job, are you going to be able to sustain the life and the lifestyle that your family's become accustomed to? In other words, are they going to have a roof over their head or are you going to have to go buy a tent from Bass Pro and sleep in it? Is that is that little old 15-year-old motorhome in the driveway going to become your home? We, we just went through Joe Mamby's book and what they have to do at Silver Dollar City. Think about this. If you, if you take and listen to the, the, your, your upline, your network marketing propaganda, 
Quit your day job, man. Jump on your plan B. Burn your bridges. Where in the Sam Hill is that going to leave you? And maybe you've already done that, and here's what I'm going to say to you. Well, how's that working out for you? See, this is the untold truth. This is the inside secrets. This is why I laugh at critics who look at my, and they'll say, well, Troy just panders to the network marketing community. I, I always snicker at that because it's like, you guys are so daggum clueless. I may be called the best thing that ever happened to network marketing on one side, and there's others that say I'm the worst thing that ever happened to network marketing. Because I just tell it like it is because I've lived it for 30 years. It isn't about how much money you make today. I challenge you to find anybody that's been full-time as long as I have, making money, sustaining a lifestyle, living in a nice home, on an island, in the panhandle of Florida, who will get up here in front of you and state, you better not quit that day job. You better keep busting your butt. Over 80% of the people in network marketing are part-time, and there's a reason for that. There's a few that understand that this is a vehicle, a financial vehicle, to reach their pure dreams, their purpose, their, their objectives in life. Sadly, most people haven't even written those down. They don't even know what it is. They just want to quit. Maybe you're working at Starbucks. You say, Troy, I'd really like to be a CPA. I'm working at Starbucks. What the heck would that have to do with anything? I'm finishing up getting my degree. I'm going to quit Starbucks. I'm just going to go out there and I'm going to pound the pavement. John does a good analogy here. Listen to this. If you want to be a CPA and you're a Starbucks barista, here's what you're going to do. Here's what you're going to learn. Number one, Starbucks is going to teach you about money. Now, isn't that what being a CPA is all about? But see, at Starbucks, you'll handle hundreds of dollars a day as a barista, maybe thousands. All of a sudden, math is a present. It's, it's all of a sudden every day you're having to think this stuff up, uh, up. Every day you're working on it. Every day you're building from it. Every day you're pushing more and more through it. So that's what you're doing. Starbucks is going to teach you about people. See, as a CPA, you're going to have clients. You need to know how to deal with those clients. At Starbucks, what do you do? You're going to be smiling, delighting your customers. You're going to find regulars and be able to talk to them. You're going to know who they are. You're going to see the new people. They're going to stand out. All of a sudden, when you make mistakes, you're going to learn from them. So when you become a CPA, you're going to know how to deal with different personalities under stress, under pressure, under the tax time when it's the April 15th. Starbucks is going to teach you about marketing. See, coffee is a cutthroat business, whether it's in network marketing or outside of network marketing. The economy's made things even harder because coffee's a commodity and the price is going up. Guess what? As a CPA, you're going to start learning about your location. Hey, how do I how do I work on this? How do, how can I stand out above the noise in the in the business? Everybody's trying to find a tax preparer. Everybody wants a bookkeeper. Everybody wants a CPA. What happens when somebody comes to me and they say? We need you to cut corners, and you're going to learn how not to cut corners because that's one thing Starbucks will teach you also. This is interesting. So what happens when it's time for you to do something? Three questions. Here they are. Number one, why? Why is it you want to quit that day job, and why is it you want to fulfill your dream job? Why is it that you feel like you need to quit today instead of putting in a little bit more time and learning about it? Number two, how much time can you give it? See, if you really quit, 
your day job? How much extra time are you going to be able to do? Are you going to be having to scramble around to try to, to make money just to pay the bills that you already have paid right now so you have really some really rock-solid part-time that you can put into it? And seriously, ask yourself something. How can you start small? See, if you quit your day job, you're going to have to be pushed into starting big. You're going to have to take massive amounts of jobs fast. But if you just take your time and start small, the sky's the limit on where you can go. John has so much stuff in here. There is no way for us to cover it all. I I really didn't. I I don't give it justice. That's why you need to buy the book. You can go to johnacuff.com, J-O-N, John Acuff, A-C-U-F-F. Buy the book, Quitter. You can go to to, uh, Amazon. It's on my Facebook, or not my Facebook. It's on my blogs. But you need to buy the book Quitter, Closing the Gap Between Your Day Job and Your Dream Job. And I challenge you to join John's blog and get his daily tidbits of information. They're not just all about Christian who is, what is, and all that. They really are some rock-solid information to help you grow your business. Folks, the rest of the week we are off. We will not be here. I have to travel. I'm flying up to North Carolina in the morning to do some consulting work with a company called Zeke Rewards. Going to do some training with their people, going to work with them, talk with them. I love being able to be a mentor and a motivator for people. I love this profession. I love crazy companies. I love traditional companies. And I love the men and women that make them strong. Live life like it's an epic adventure. Remember this. If you're in network marketing, act like it. And be back here next Monday for RealMentorsRadio.com.